You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. Smeltzy, you're back today, brother. How was Arizona? Uh, it wasn't as warm as I really thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. Uh, guess guess the high. Or no. Yeah, guess the high. The whole um, time I was there. I was there for a week. 45. What? No, that's chilly as hell, bro. Well, I was just figuring it'd be no, something I, I mean, just... it, it went above 60 degrees one day while I was there. So that, that part was a little disappointing, but uh, more so pro- better than the we have here. Oh, no doubt. When I when I came off the, uh, whatever the hell, heck it is, the uh, the little thing from the plane to the to the damn. Terminal? Nah, the terminal's a whole thing. It's whatever, the little walkway that leads you from the plane back into the terminal. Whatever oh, okay. that's, that thing's called. And you can feel the air. I was like, oh, hell no. Take me back. It was cold. It was colder than hell. I got, got in on Saturday morning. It was uh, like negative five that morning or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it's real chilly here in Minnesota. It's, it's finally winter is finally here. But with winter here, it also means we have playoff football. This weekend was, uh, I mean, overall pretty disappointing. If you're the majority of the teams that were in the playoffs, pretty exciting. If you're the only, if you're the winners of those games, we had one real good game, which we predicted to be the game of the week. But let's get this slate started. We're going to start it off with the Browns traveling down to Houston and taking on the Texans. Browns coming into this game is a two and a half point favorite. All three of us were on the Browns to cover that two and a half, man. Boy, did they not. C.J. Stroud, Smeltzy. Yeah, no, he he definitely showed up to play. And we, I mean, we all thought, I mean, I listened to the episode last week and all three of us thought, um, of course, me saying that I thought because I wasn't here, but I agreed with you guys. I thought the defense would step up massively for Cleveland and be a real problem. No matter they were playing in Houston, I figured it didn't matter. I figured the Cleveland defense would be a massive problem for the rookie quarterback, but <laughs> he proved me wrong. What? Wasn't it the first play? It was Nico Collins' deep ball? That was last week. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. But uh, just ridiculous, though. They played outstanding. I mean, they did. C.J. Stroud leading this out offense to a 45-14 win was just crazy. Stroud looked like he was a 10, 15 year vet back there, just tearing apart this Browns defense. That was historically the best defense of all time going through, you know, six to eight weeks of the season. He he just tore them apart. This team did not show up. They couldn't get anything going offensively in the run game. And Flacco, you know, he had a lot of yards. Those two picks really hurt him, but you know, Houston was in control of this game from really from start to finish. Well, they were. And the thing is, is in the second quarter, Cleveland still had a chance. But then as soon as Joe Flacco threw back-to-back pick sixes, right, that was it. It was it. Yeah. That that, I mean, really that takes did. any momentum away that, that they really never had any, but they were clawing back into the game slowly but surely, and then pick six, and you're like, okay, well, that that sucks, but, you know, get get them, get back out there, see what happens. But then another one immediately right after. I mean, that's it. There, there was no coming back from that. I mean, that's that's just the end of it. But I will say that, Cleveland's probably not in the playoffs if Joe Flacco didn't show up. 100%. So, you know. 
Yeah, you got to give it to Flacco. He took the team, you know, beyond way beyond any expectations after Deshaun went out and, and took him to the playoffs. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. No, it is. So especially we'll at his age. Do, do you think he plays somewhere next year? Yeah, but I don't know if he's like going to be a one year deal, you, you know, know one I mean? year deal with maybe a young quarterback behind that he wants to like, so you can sit and learn. I don't know who, right? But yeah. Or if they know Deshaun Watson's not going to be 100, do they bring him back to start the season? But like, hey, when Deshaun's healthy, you're, he's starting. That's interesting. I would expect Deshaun to be, you know, I, ready to go. But I would think so too. But that's interesting. But I mean, we just have to talk about CJ Stroud. This cat is just proving that he's either, he's the future of the NFL at quarterback. Doing all of this as a rookie, you know, going 16 of 21 for 274 and three touchdowns. That is for a quarterback rating of 157.2, which is darn close to perfect. 1.1. Yeah. From perfect. That took me way too long to figure out, but hey, that's okay. We're not mathematicians. <laughs> no, we've established that multiple times on this spot. And then, you know, ESPN has their own quarterback ranking. The QBR, he was at a 98.4, which was the third highest of all time. Wow. Wow. Of all time. In the, in the playoffs. Sorry. Sure. In but, the playoffs. But doesn't matter. Yeah. And, all, in the playoffs of all time and your first, first go at it. That's crazy. And that place was rocking, too. Them fans are ready. What's crazy is the person who had the first overall best Q- QBR we're going to talk about later. But we'll we'll get to that a little bit later here. To wrap up this game, the Texans, you know, who would have thought they would have won this game by a touchdown, let alone a, a complete and utter domination. 31-point blowout. One of the worst playoff losses in Browns history. Not much needs to be, more needs to be said about this game except for Nico Collins, just continuing to show he's he's going to be a stud in this league and going to grow with that offense. That's that's literally what I was about to bring up. The, the last thing is that Nico Collins continues to prove that he's he's literally CJ's number one target. I mean, seven targets, uh, second most was John Mechie and uh, Singletary with three apiece. So that just tells you who he's looking at immediately. Yeah, and, and that's all he really needs to look at. <laughs> He's just an absolute beast. I mean, the way it's going, yeah. He's shown he's shown he can be a big body receiver and go up and be physical for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see what happens with them going forward, but we will talk about that later. Let's get into the next game. We had another AFC game happen. The Miami Dolphins traveling to Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs were coming in as a four-point favorite, and they ended up annihilating the Dolphins 26-7. Uh, Smelty, you got this one right. Cole and I both took the Dolphins to cover that four points. I actually thought the Dolphins were going to win this game. But Patrick Mahomes, back to what looks like to be a Patrick Mahomes that we know. Yeah, and I mean, I thought it would be a lot closer game than it, than it was. You know, I mean, 26-7, I mean, that's ridiculous. But touching on Patrick Mahomes, the dude, just some of his throws, and I saw some Stafford honestly make a couple too that we'll talk later, but... Some of his throws are just ridiculous, and Jordan Love actually made a couple of the similar throws. Just how they fit it in to these windows, I just don't understand. The, the little sidearm action, I just I don't get it, but it's so perfect. Yeah, they just, like, the ability to drop down and just, you know, any arm angle be able to complete that pass, extend the play when needed. And Rasheed Rice, man, what a year he had just as a rookie overall and then continued in the playoffs. 130 yards for a rookie. Going against a Miami defense that has Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey on the outside. His That's route, crazy. His route running was ridiculous all game, for sure. And his, he's got sneaky speed. Like, oh, he's, he's fast, fast, but he's got that sneaky speed. Like, he can turn it on quick. Not Tyreek yet, but he can turn it on really quick. 
Yeah, he's he's definitely not even close to Tyreek. Let's let's just not even put him in the same conversation. <laughs> but you know, he could turn into that little player that that they do have there. And then Isaiah Pacheco continuing to just run angry. Love to love watching that guy play football. I really really enjoy watching him play football. Didn't average a lot of yards per carry at three point seven. You know, but he gave him a balance overall as a team. Kansas City rushed for one forty seven. So, but like you said, he runs angry. He's, he's violent when he runs like it's it's insane and you wouldn't expect it out of a guy maybe his size but the way he runs I mean it's that's just the best way to put it is angry violent like aggressive like he he'll he'll lower his shoulder truck you <laughs> oh for sure for sure and he's also just like quick with his his eyes uh, it's, it's like it's just weird he looks like a bull running but has that quick twitch ability but what won this game was this Kansas City defense. Miami did not, couldn't get anything going whatsoever. Run game, passing game, they just looked completely dead on offense, man. Yeah, and then it seems like they, they got behind and really started trying to huck the ball all second half, and it just wasn't working for them. I mean, not that trying to establish a run game in the second half in which you're already down is a good idea anyway when it hasn't been working, but you still got to try. Otherwise, what do you think the defense is going to expect? Yeah, when you can just rear back, play like two high, yeah, two high safety back is you know they're gonna pass. Like, what are you really gonna do? Miami, they they have the deep threat ability with a Tyreek and a Jalen Waddle, but they 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 you can't do that when you're playing two high safeties and covering those deep two halves. So it's if you're expecting that, then you're relying on them catching the underneath and making a play. And Kansas City just has too good of a defense and swarms to to allow that to happen. Without a run game, the Miami's offense is just stagnant. Well, right. That's just it. So they, they really needed, I, I wanted to say they really needed Mostert to have a better game, but he also only had like, what, eight touches or something like that. So I, you, you got to give him the rock a little bit more. Yeah, you have to at least try. You know, you only had 18 rushes as a team. <laughs> well, 18, yeah, that's that's not good enough. It's not good enough, especially in a playoff game where it's going to be, I, I guess I can't really say like not as many big plays because it depends on the game, right? There's a couple games later that had some pretty big plays in it, but you just, you have to establish that run game. And when you don't, you also don't control it. I feel like you don't control the ball as often. And looking at the time of possession, I mean, it was almost a nine, oh, I'm sorry, 11 minute difference. I'm sorry, nine minutes. <laughs> I was wrong. Nine minute difference. Again, not, not good at math, folks, but that's, that's a pretty big difference at the end of the day. To me. Yeah, it really is. It really is a big difference. So we'll see what happens with the Chiefs next week. They got a pretty tough opponent next week. We'll get to that later. That one is going to be one heck of a game. One heck of a game. But let's get to it. My Packers went down to Dallas. Going into Lambeau Field down there. Lambeau South. Taking on the Cowboys. The Disrespect by the books. Packers a seven and a half point underdog. Just slapping them in the face. And what do the Packers do? Just rout the Cowboys. 48-32. 48-32. That 32 has a big old asterisk. They scored a bunch of points in garbage time when our backups were in and we'd let the foot off the gas pedal. But oh boy, oh boy. I don't know if I have have had as much of a good time watching a game since Super Bowl 45. You know, I was just smiling ear to ear throughout this whole thing. And man, Jordan freaking love Smelty. Just tell me a little bit about what this cat did. 
Let me just say that Lambo South is pretty ridiculous, but unfortunately, it's kind of true. Um, and also, you said the thirty-two points with the asterisks. That's that's a fact coming from a Vikes fan. I mean, the Packers absolutely dominated this game from start to finish. I was jaw open when it was twenty-seven-seven at half, and that seven came right at the end of the half too. Like it was, I I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, Jordan Love transforming into somebody who we've already seen flashes of all year. It just couldn't quite get the consistency down. Well, towards the end of this season, boy, has he has he turned on that consistency. And we just saw one of the best. I mean, I, I did not expect that. From him, the defense, the, the team as a whole, I really thought Dallas would, would dominate. I thought they were different this year. And... They, they just weren't. I mean, Jordan Love really, really carried it. I mean, 16 for 21. That's not that much. That's not a ton of attempts, but 272 and three tots. That's that's about as efficient as you can get. It is. It's actually one incompletion less efficient than a perfect passer rating, and that one incompletion came when it was third down and we did a little swing pass out to Tucker Craft and he dropped it. He catches that. He has yeah, a he straight, and it, that was on him. He straight drops that. Yeah. hundred percent. But nonetheless, man, J love just showed out. It was I, not only that was, I mean, J love was incredible. Don't get me wrong. The throws he was making were almost all of them were off his back foot, almost fading away, but just the separation and like the wide openness of our receivers was, th- this was one of the best games LaFleur's ever called. Yeah, no, Oh, yeah, for sure. That LaFleur's I recalled. Sorry, I blanked out there for like two seconds. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. The play calling was on point. He had a rhythm going. And that's what I was trying to explain to one of my buddies here recently is offensively, defensively, like you have to establish a rhythm, right? And if that rhythm's not working, okay, now you got to switch over to plan B, whatever that may be, and try to establish a rhythm that way. Well, Packers never even needed to think about a plan B. Their plan A, they were right on schedule with whatever they were trying to do. You could tell they were making it happen. Yeah, they absolutely were. And it was on it was both things. You know, Aaron Jones, 118 yards on 21 carries and three touchdowns himself. Dude. Well, and that's just it. That's that's that just goes to show you what happens when you establish a run game early. He he was on fire early. He was. He was. And I, I mean the unsung heroes of this game are Rashid Walker and Zach Tom, our two tackles. Holding Micah uh Micah Parsons and DeMarcus, Demarcus Lawrence in check like they did. Love really wasn't even like, yeah, he was pressured, but that was after the plays were developing. Like, he had a clean pocket for the most part, didn't have any sacks. And that it's just the, the ability that, that this Packers offense has shown or offensive line has shown to pass block. It's very, very underrated, but they are one of the top pass blocking units in the league. I mean, that really? we just have to say. I mean, I didn't know that. yeah, especially since week 11. Now, the Packers offense has been buzzing since week 11. That's when sure. Jay Love's kind of turned it on. But yeah, they they they're just they're so underrated. For sure, I mean the whole team's underrated. That's why, and we'll touch on it later. You know, I'll just save it for later. I'll just save it for later because we're gonna talk about these matchups coming up this week. Don't don't you worry about that. But um, Romeo Dobbs. Ooh boy! Hello, hello. How how are you? How are you not covering this dude? He was open all the time. He like I almost wanted him to come out and Jamar chase this stuff and be like, "I'm always open" because he he just was. It was crazy, bro. Like like they they just they just couldn't cover him for whatever reason. Again, schematically, but not even just schematically. He made Stephon Kilmore look like absolute just 
dust on that one play where he stumbled. Romeo Dobbs stumbled into Marcus, not Demarcus, sorry, Stephon Gilmore just lost his footing. And then Dobbs completely was a completion for a big play. And the crazy thing was, was J-Love wasn't even hitting these guys in stride. That's how open they were, that he, they were able to stop, come back for the ball, and still, you know, run after catch. Like Musgrave's touchdown. That thing was just floated up there. And Musgrave almost got tackled because it was so lofted. But it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They were just so open. No, for sure. And, and the thing is, is like, it was just a complete game. It wasn't just the offense. That defense showed up too. Big time. Big time. That that pick by Jair, that was ridiculous. Oh, just just ran the route for him. Just ran the route for him. And then the the one the pick six by Savage. That was, you know, basic route concept. Two slants on the left. Um, it was they they motioned over, then they got CD over there, two slants on the left. So Savage's actually responsibility is actually the guy coming on the other side, but he jumped the route knowing it was Lamb on that inside slant. Jumped the route, came down, and just, oh, well, that was just a pretty play. Well, that's just it, dude. Dak, Dak telegraphed that so much. Like, he was clearly targeting, trying to get the ball in CD's hand, which, rightfully so, right? But he was doing it too much. Oh, crazy. I mean, you know, it's wild. CD had 17 targets, nine uh, completions. After I was done talking, I actually just read that. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. 17 targets and nine completions. And 60 attempts overall for Dak. I mean, that just goes to show you that they were. The, the Cowboys were trying to push it too much, which obviously, when you go down 27, wasn't it? 20, it was 27 nothing. 27 at nothing. At one point. Like when you're down 27 nothing, yeah, it's time to start hucking it and trying to make some of that up a little bit quicker. Yeah. But And they were still running the ball. They still ran for 123 yards. Right. Right. But I just, it was too late for that, though. They didn't, they didn't run it efficiently early no, on. No, no, It no, wasn't no. efficient. And I mean, that, that yardage really comes from Dak. If you take him out, it, it, it drops down. Uh, under 100, because we held Tony Pollard, you know, 3.7 yards per carry is not good. No, no, you guys kept Tony Pollard in check. We did indeed. We did indeed. Well, let's move on, sir. I have to just sit here and bask in this glory as much as I can, because I don't know how much longer it's going to last. We have a tough test ahead of us. Ooh, we're going to have a debate about that. Oh, we are. We are. But we got three more games to talk about, and up next, we have our game of the week. The... Los Angeles Rams are traveling up to Motor City, taking on the Detroit Lions. Lions coming in as a three-point favorite. Me and Cole were on the Rams to cover that three points. You thought the Lions were going to cover that three points. And the Lions ended up winning 24-23. And boy, what a game it was. It definitely took Game of the Week honors with the play of the game, not even just going into it. You know, the return of Matt Stafford, just start to finish. Overall, great, great game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, both teams showed up. I couldn't stop watching that game, to be honest with you. Great, like you said, great game, great playoff atmosphere in Detroit. I know those fans were lit. You had people crying in the stands after the game. Like, that that game meant so much to more than just the players for, for, for Detroit, for sure. Oh, I really did. I, I'm, really, I'm really happy to see Detroit get a win in the playoffs. Especially with Dan Campbell. He's he's quickly turning into my favorite coach in the NFL if he's not already. And it it the city of Detroit deserves it. They've been through so damn much, dude. They've been through so much. So to see him successful and get the win, especially with how the they got it. It was a hard fought, gritty type of Detroit game. And I feel for Matt Stafford, he played more than well enough to win this game. Oh hundred percent. And he was taking shot. 
after shot. He's banged up after that game, 100%. And he stood in there like he always has for Detroit. That's just who he is. Absolutely, man. That's that's just who he is. It's who he is. And how about this Rams team this year? You know, they they deserve a round of applause. Nobody would have expected them to make the playoffs or even sniff the playoffs this year. And for them to go in, give this Detroit Lions team a run for their money, and, you know, it, it shows a lot of promise for what they have next year. Puka Nakua. <laughs> That's it. That's all we're going to say. Puka Nakua, nine receptions, 181, and a tud, and a record for a rookie in the playoffs. Just stupid, brother. But, I mean, and I've tried to, like, downplay him all season, right? Because I'm so used to watching J.J., uh, play at a high level and all these other receivers, but dude, Puka just does it at a, he's just different. I don't, I don't get it. Now I'm curious if he'll continue that on into his sophomore season here next year, but I, I have no reason to believe he won't. Yeah, man, his, his ability to get open and then his yards after catch, the guy doesn't go down. He kind of reminds me. And now, now it's not, they have, they're very different player types overall, but the way that he runs and, like, the inability to tackle him gives me shades of Debo. Okay. Now, again, different players okay. completely, but yeah, just the ability used in to, different like, ways, too, but, like, yeah. the ability to, yeah, not go down. Just not like, go down, right. Up, it's like, just, like, the... Slippery. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, no, he's not just a big that. overall powerful guy. He's just slippery. So, I, he's fun to watch, you know, and, and without him, I don't know what the Rams would be this year. They don't, because, you know, Cooper Cup didn't have a great game. Five catches, 27 yards. You know, targeted nine times. So he he's kind of taken a down year altogether. Injuries have banged him up, obviously. Yeah, he quite just a hasn't bit. been a hundred all year, I I would imagine. But I, I, I don't know if you were gonna bring this up or not, but like there's a play towards the end of the game of a non call of a pass interference, which I don't I, I like seeing non calls in the playoffs. Like let them let them play. You know what I mean? I don't want the game to be decided by a flag or whatever. But there's a throw later in the game where Puka was kind of pulled down on his jersey a little bit. That is kind of being talked about a little bit. Do you remember that play? Yeah, I sure do. What, what do you think? What's your opinion on it? Is it a flag? Yeah. I mean, by the record of the, the book. But, it, like, I agree with you, man. It's the playoffs. You got to let them play. And, it, I mean, we single out one play in these games, and right? In a game like let's, that, right? But the other thing, though, is, like, let's look at every single play and slow down the footage and look to see when it was called, when it wasn't called, when it was in whose favor or who's not favor. We focus on one play because we saw the replay on TV and they showed that one particular thing. When I guarantee you on almost every play that's happening, to me, it's it's not whether the call it's a good or bad call, it's whether if it's consistently called throughout the game. That's all I ask for with refereeing is sheer consistency. If it's bad, it's bad. Whatever. That and I'd rather calls of course the ball was thrown at Puka on that one. But I would also rather calls not happen if it's like away from the play or like right. behind a play. Unless it's like a personal foul and like it's totally egregious, then yeah, you should probably throw that flag. But like, if it's like a hold, but it's like behind the play, don't throw that flag, dude. That, that player's agree. not going to impact the play. I hundred percent so agree. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think much more needs to be said about this one, though. Like, like I said, I think we're going to have more about the matchups next week for anything in this one. Um, let's move on here. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling up to Buffalo, taking on the Bills. Bills coming in as a heavy ten point favorite, and they don't need, even need the ten points, man. They beat them by twenty one. Yeah, I 31, mean, 17. That's not 21 points. Sorry for my bad math. That is indeed 14, but it is more <laughs> than 10. <laughs> oh, man. Math. Boy, we're really killing it. We're, we're mathing. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the, again, another team that really had control almost the entire game. The Bills, the Bills are scary, and I can't wait to talk about the matchup they have coming up this weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, they just controlled it throughout. Josh Allen. The thing about Josh Allen is you really got to watch out for him on the ground, man. And he again proved it again, again proved it again. Nice, good call, good call. But he approved it again. Lol. Uh, this weekend. Just he's just a tough guy to bring down as well. He's not he's not slippery like the Debo and what we were just talking about, but he's more or less just big, and it's just hard to bring him down. He's just, he's just a bowling ball when he starts running as a he's quarterback, huge, bro. Nobody wants to hit him, right? That fifty-two yard run he had, like every other quarterback in the NFL would have gone down on that play. Oh, 100%. every single one, even Lamar. 100%. It's not that like it's not that it was a matter of speed. It was like he was going. You thought he was going to go down, and then he just hit the afterburner. And he dog. just didn't, and then nobody could catch him. I think he. he could, I think he could have ran another twenty yards without somebody catching him. He was able to keep his own. Bro, he was running like a straight four four forty in that time. <laughs> that boy was moving, moving. But Josh Allen, man, three touchdowns. Like he's, he seems to be back in in his typical fashion. He didn't. the The thing with the Bills this is this whole year with how they've been. It's a it's a turnover game. If they turn the ball over, they're not going to win. If they win the turnover margin, they're going to win the game. Boy, they got <laughs> they got one coming, man. They, I agree. I agree. They really got to keep it in check here. Um, looking forward, and obviously this game they did, and exactly what you said, they ended up winning the game. No, did they fumble at all, or no turnovers? No. No turnover. No turnover. Recovery. Yeah. So there you go. That that just proves your point. Um, yeah, I mean, and Ma- Mason Rudolph didn't look terrible in this game. You know, the interception was not a very good play, but he I, I, he's not the future. No, you know, <laughs> but he he looked good enough where he deserved to be a backup in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would absolutely again, once again, I would totally start him over Trubisky. After seeing what Trubisky had going oh, on this year, I don't so, think Trubisky's back up in the NFL. <laughs> not anymore. And I was, I was, I almost said something wild. I was uh, really backing him up all season, you know, as as a backup in the NFL, like a career backup. Like I think he's the guy, but nah, dude, I I think he's borderline done af- yeah. after what he showed this year. And and Mason absolutely earned the opportunity, and he he did ball out a little bit. The pick, like you said, was bad, but other than that. He was finding the open guy. He was moving. He was moving them downfield. So yeah. yeah, they didn't. They didn't keep up with what the Bills had going on. But well, how can you? When Allen was just on a groove like he is, that Bills offense is just buzzing. He was using his receivers. He's using his tight ends. He spread the ball around big time. He did, and it was too. You know, it wasn't people that would like jump off the page to you. you know, they're down Gabe Davis. That's obviously going to hurt when your number two's down. But it gives an opportunity for someone like Khalil Shakir to shine. And then getting more Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid on the field together is never going to hurt. No, and that's just it, right? Like, I think he does need to use his tight ends a little more. Obviously, he, he killed it with Kincaid, but I th- get Dawson Knox a little more involved. It, they got a lot of weapons. They, they got have a lot, a lot of, weapons of weapons on bro. offense. Because Dawson James Knox Cook. ain't bad either. No, Dawson and, Knox and is Kincaid good. Kincaid came out of, you know, he's a rookie this year or yeah. last year? This year? Yeah, so Kincaid's obviously shown his true potential, and like you, I think you said last week that you wish the Packers would have took him. Hell yeah! Which you're, I you're did. fine right now, right? Turns out you you are right. No, you got we the still two I'm doing Musgrave and Kraft, dog. And they they hey they showed up. Yeah, they did. They but, did. Yeah, and well, and honestly, the Buffalo defense looked all right. 
They did, and they have so many injuries, bro. They have so many injuries. But that's just it, and they've been dealing with that all year. That they, yeah, they they might be okay heading into the playoffs. Next man up mentality Dude, is they, just they <sighs> live and die that. All right, well, let's finish up this slate. We had the Philadelphia Eagles traveling down to Tampa Bay, taking on the Buccaneers. Eagles coming in as a three point favorite. Uh, we both had the Eagles. Covering that three points, Cole thought the Bucs were going to do it, and boy, did they do it, Smelty. 32-9, the Buccaneers took this one. And this one was actually a lot harder to pick for me than than I would have thought. I just figured the Eagles would get out of their little funk. Um, but Baker uh, proved us wrong there. This boy, Baker Mayfield, Smelty. Baker Mayfield, Smelty. Dude, he's back. He's won two playoff games. Dude, he's back. You know how many Dax won? Zero. Two playoff games. But he's Damn one of it, the many that's games. One, that's one more than Kirk. Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't care who you are. Um, but the story of this game, Baker Mayfield, man. This Bucks offense is rolling with Baker under center. Dude, he's he I just he's back, dude. He's he's showing what he showed coming out of college right now. He's playing at the top of his game. If the Buccaneers do not give him like a three year deal, they're stupid. Agreed. If they let him walk, they are stupid. Agreed. They need to absolutely see what else he has left in the rest of his career and just see what happens. Give give him like a, like a three-year, you know. I think he's earned at least that, like you've said a couple weeks ago, like a Geno deal. Give it to him. Mike Evans dropped a big ball. Otherwise, he would have almost had another tud, and that ball was perfect. That's perfect. a ball that Mike Evans doesn't usually drop, actually. But, like, after that throw, I was like, dude, pay this man, bro. Like, you guys need to see what he's got. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even if you look at the ball distribution, uh, Baker threw for 337 yards, Godwin had 45, and Edvins had 48. They didn't even have 100 yards collectively, and Baker threw for 337. Yeah. You would never expect that. You hear Baker throwing for 337, Evans is at 150, and Godwin's at at least 80, 85. But not, not this week. Not this week. You had, what? what's his name, Cade Otten? Yeah. Is that, is that a tight end? Yep. Is he rookie? No. No, two years of experience. Young young fellow out of Washington, of course, out of Washington. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, like you said, his ability to spread the ball around, he's able to find his receivers, something that, unfortunately, on the other side of the ball wasn't wasn't seen as much this week. I mean, he still spread it around, but as far as, like, gain, get, gaining yardage, you know, it was more than just these little dink and dunks. I mean, it was 10, 12 yards at a time. It was. It was. And and it wasn't even like that he was throwing the ball down the field. The Buccaneers are the best wide receiver screen playing, the uh, wide receiver play calling, scheming, execution-wise team in the league. They just, they, they give these wide receiver screens, they get their linemen out there, their receivers aren't afraid to block, they throw their body around, and they get 8 to 12 yards of freaking screen, bro. Yeah. That's hard to stop. That's hard to stop, even if you know it's coming. Yeah. Even if you know it's coming, it's hard to stop. But it's I, I think it's the screens and then the medium passes, too. Those medium passes, bro. Them them receivers were just on the money with their routes. They were. And made the Eagles pay. They really were. And not having A.J. Brown killed this Eagles offense. They were already in such a lull as it is that you, you take out A.J. Brown, you have to, you know, target Devontae Smith eight or 12 times. He caught eight of them and had 148. You know, he had a real good game. But it's but it's so much more than that. It's all you have. Your next targeted receiver was DeAndre Swift with four targets. 
And and it's just so much more than than just losing AJ Brown. DeAndre Swift had ten carries. Yeah, um, and fifteen carries as a team. It's just they they couldn't get anything going offensively. They couldn't finish a drive, let alone even get one going. So it was exactly, just it was just bro. so weird. It was, it was exactly what we saw at the end of the season. And I feel like an idiot for choosing them because they they've proved it to us the past few weeks that this is exactly who the Eagles are right now today. And yeah. that's it. It's so weird to say that when they were in the Super Bowl last year. I'm with you, bro. I feel silly picking them, but that's exactly why I picked them was because they have the experience and they were in the Super Bowl last year. I figured what better now time than now to put them together. That's what I thought. And well, l- look at Cole. Yeah. <laughs> Proving us wrong. Cool. He proved us wrong quite a bit this week. For those taking or keeping score at home, Smelty, we had a rough week as our rough season continues. Two and four on the week. Cole went four and two. Maybe we should start getting his own segment for just betting because maybe somebody can make people some money here. Right, right. And then um, we're going to just do a little playoff tracker, and then when it's all said and done, we'll add the season and the playoffs all together. But, you know, for the playoffs then as well, we're both 2-4, and four, obviously, because this is the first week. Well, Smelty, we had one heck of a super wild card weekend. On to the divisional round. But first, let's get to tent talk. 911, what's your emergency? All right, Smelty, we're going to start off 10 talk with some injuries. We don't have too much here, being how we only have eight teams left, and those are the only teams really worth talking about. So we'll start it off with some surprising news. Mark Andrews, you added, wasn't actually aware of this until you told me about it here, Smelty. Tell me a little bit. Yeah, um, apparently he practiced today. Uh, that's based off of what... Uh, Harbaugh said per NFL.com, but he said, quote, we'll see how it goes. So, I mean, we'll see if he'll actually be available on Sunday, but considering when he went down with a severe left ankle injury back in like week 11, uh, and they were like, he's done for the season. I mean, that's got to be promising news ahead of a a pretty big match of bigger than we thought it was going to be. Absolutely, brother. I mean, even if he doesn't play this week, if the Ravens do make it make it through, if he could potentially play next week and then again in the Super Bowl, that's huge for this Ravens offense. Huge. He's he's one of the best. I would say he's a top three tight end in the league 100%. when healthy. 100%. So, yep. you know, what a threat to add at this time of year. No, they need him. They need him bad. All right, that goes on uh, to then Jair Alexander. So he left in this game. You know, we got the pick, and then he left. A lot of people thought it was said to be if the pack, if it was a closer game, he would have maybe stayed in. But Fleur actually came out and said that, no, he was not going to return in this game regardless, which gives you a little concern. But I just don't see him missing this game. You know, well, Do you know what it was? Was it an ankle? ankle? Oh, okay. It's the same ankle injury the same, that yeah. held him out, of, and yeah. then he, he re-injured it. Yeah. So, you know, rest up, throw some ice on that bad boy. We need him this week, bro. Yeah, no doubt. No, you definitely need him this week, 100%. He needs to go. And then in that same game, Christian McCaffrey, he was a full grower at practice, so he's playing. Yeah, no, no doubt. Simple I'd as that. Expect, You're not I'd a full ex- participant. I'd expect to play. see McCaffrey <laughs> this weekend. Well, that's all we got for injuries. Like I said, we don't have much there because we only have a handful of teams left here, so let's get into some news. Jason Kelsey retiring after 13 years, Smelty. And you and you just kind of knew it when he, he was talking to his O-line coach on the sideline and, like, his O-line coach... Obviously, you can't. He was facing away, so I couldn't lip read what Kelsey was saying. But you know the way his facial expression expression was, and how he kind of like backed off a little bit and was like kind of dead faced. I, I I assumed Kelsey told him right there, like, "Hey, I'm retiring right now." That was it. 
That and, would make sense. Yeah, and I mean, the dude's given everything he's got. You know, I honestly think he could probably still play for another couple of years. But he still at the top of his game. He was first team All Pro. Yeah. So, but I mean, why not go out on top instead of you know petering out like a lot of pro athletes do? It's kind of a cool thing, and I mean, you still want a Super Bowl. What else yeah. has he got to prove, you know? You, you have a Super Bowl. This ending to the season, I think, told showed him that this team's really not in a win-now mode, especially with all the salary caps they're going to have to deal with now. And like you said, he has a Super Bowl. He also has another form of income that does not take any toll on his body right. with the podcast style that right. him and Trav have. Right. So he's he's kind of set himself up for future. And all respect to, you know, to Kelsey out in Philly, dude. 13 years playing... Incredible football. I want to say it's like nine years Pro Bowl, something like that. Yeah, nine years ridiculous. all pro or something, you yeah. know, something just crazy. So, like you said, at the top of his game, it just sucks to see such a, such a, an, an, uh, who's turned out to be right now an icon, you could say, in the NFL because of the pod. Um, but, you know, he just, everybody loves that guy. Yeah, no. Uh, it just, yeah, hats off to him. Great career. Uh, I'd imagine he just doesn't want to play for any other team. Knows his time is done, probably in Philly anyway. So it's just, it's just time, just time. And I think he's got like three kids or something, right? Uh, two, two I kids. Think. So maybe he just wants to go spend time with his family now. You know? Yeah, and just, just good for done. him. Good for him, man. Yeah. He he deserves it. And Caleb Williams officially announces he is NF- entering the NFL draft. No surprise there. Caleb Williams, welcome to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, we knew we knew he would enter the draft. Uh, I just don't know if he'll be a Bear. I'm I'm curious with the quarterbacks that are you know slated to go in those first few picks now. Um, what's the LSU? Jaden. Oh, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is trending up now as well. Uh, I'm just curious if we see some trades coming here soon in the next few months. Uh, trading up to get to get a Caleb Williams or something. Maybe the Bears are committed to Justin Fields. Do they draft Marvin Harrison number one overall? That's the thing is, do you need to? Can you, uh, so I, I don't know without here, actually, I can look They need at a it. lot of pieces, you know, as for the Bears, you know? I'll look at it right now. If you give me just what, a you, what are you looking so for? It's, it's Bears, then Patriots, Cardinals. So Cardinals aren't drafting a quarterback, and then it's the Commanders. So do the Commanders jump up, maybe try to get that one to get a quarterback if the Bears stick with them, and then... Do you still get Marvin Harrison at four, or is Arizona? You, do you chance Arizona? Oh, I don't know if you chance Arizona. I really don't. But Arizona's got a couple decent pieces too. Uh, Rondell Moore and uh, or is he gone? Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore is who they have. Yeah, no, Are they Ma- both Ma- Rondell Moore is still there. I think they signed Marquise Brown. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. No, he is there, but I don't. I think he's still there I after this season too. I'm pretty sure he is. But, but and then they got a good you, tight if you're the end. Cardinals, but... You don't let. You don't pass on Marvin. No, Harrison. I wouldn't. You, you can't. I wouldn't. You can't dude. if you're the Cardinals. No, I wouldn't. So they, uh, that's, that's so. What, tough. So what do you do if you're the Bears? Do you do you lose the potential on Marvin Harrison? Because I think you can. Because the only thing is, are you committed to Justin Fields if you're the Bears? It also that well, that's the first question. I'm you know I, I mean? I'm in the I'm in the, the the camp personally that I think they should. I don't know if they are, but does that mean that the Patriots try to move up and get their choice of Caleb Williams, Drake May, if they're going to worry about who gets the number two, or do they view them equally enough where you can keep you, you fall for whatever one and you don't have to worry about it. I think the Patriots hold the most important decision here. Yeah, that's because true. Because somebody's going to try to move up. The Commanders, for example, will try to get move up and get that number one pick. God, what, what do you think the Bears would need out of that to move back to four? 
Obviously, the number four pick, yes. But so you get number what four, else, what else another first want? rounder, and probably a second rounder. I don't know. I don't know. They just have to answer that first question: Are they committed to Justin Fields? Yes yeah. or no? Because it's and like from then on, it and might be game on. Like, or you're committed to Fields and you say, "F it, I'm getting Marvin Harrison with the normal overall pick." And I'm I don't give a damn receiver. what anybody else thinks. Yeah, yeah they could do that. Hundred percent. I it's it's gonna be exciting actually. It's I'm excited for this draft, man. I am too a little bit. I think those first five picks are too. huge. I do too, and I, I get really into it. I watch the whole thing like a clown because it Same. takes like five hours. Same. It's just ridiculous. But I watch the entire thing. Um but I just love seeing these kids' lives change before their eyes and like I love seeing what moves teams make, the the trades. It's just it's a whole thing, man. It's a whole thing. And with Caleb Williams coming out, it's a big deal. Drake May could pass. Maybe Drake May goes one overall. We don't. Who knows? Like, it's, it's just going to be wild. It really is. It really is. Well, let's move on to some coaching news. Mr. Belichick, debatably, not really the greatest coach and GM of all time, is done in New England after 24 years. What a surprise that was, Smelty. Yes, yes and no, right? Like, I think they both just realized, and it was a mutual thing, turns out, but I think at the end of the day, they both just realized it's time for some new scenery for both of them. There's, <laughs> holy cow, <laughs> I guess I can't talk, but, uh, like, what Bill has done there in his 24 years is ridiculous. I mean, the six titles, obviously, is the biggest deal, but the, the teams they were able to build, and the success they had there, I, he's going to have no issue finding a job, obviously. Probably a Hall of Fame coach, I would imagine. But where do you think he goes? Um, I, that's, so I, don't far, know if we have the, I don't know if we have the time to get into that quite yet. So far, all he's interviewed at is in Atlanta. Um, I, I, to be, to be 100% interview. honest with you, I think the biggest thing that matters is what happens in Big D if they keep McCarthy. If McCarthy's gone, Belichick's a shoe in for that Dallas no job. Uh, and he's taken if it. If he's not, then I think he goes to Atlanta or the Chargers. And between the two... I would take the Chargers, personally. I would take the Chargers as well, but there's also rumors out there that he wants to take a young developing team that's underdeveloped or under, uh, under-promising. Um... So and Atlanta's got that shiny new stadium. I mean, so the, do the Chargers. But the thing with Atlanta, though, I mean, you don't you don't have you have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You have the ninth pick. You'd have to move up to get one of the top quarterbacks. But they're you could make an argument they're a quarterback away from being the best team in that division. They're not bad. They're really they have not the that pieces. bad. You got Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. You got um, Drake London. You got Algier and Bijan. And, and their the, defense the, ain't bad. The backfield, yeah, their defense, when your offense is off the field so much and you're on the field as much as you are, you're not going to have great stats. So, I don't know. I like this Atlanta team. I really they're, they're wanted Deshaun to go to Atlanta. I would have loved to see what Deshaun could do down there. Um, but that's nor here or there. But, um, yeah, Bill Belichick done in New England. It'll never be it, – it's unmatched and it'll never be matched. The, the dynasty they created, the overall success that he had, granted having 12 back there made that a hell of a lot easier – but it's it, it's but incredible. I, you have to. But who went out and got twelve? But that's just it, right? And I'm sick and tired of people saying, "Oh, Brady carried him," or "Oh, Bill Belichick carried him." No, dude, it was a combination of the two. It was just a lack of better terms. It was just a magical combo that worked, right? It's the greatest tandem in the history of sports. That's it. That's sports. it. It was both of them. Yeah, they 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 
they pull the excellence out of each other and you just create this overall aura and just bubble of let's go be great. So let me just throw something at you. If and I'm going to touch on McCarthy here in a second, but if he is let go and Bill is a shoe in, cause I totally agree with you. If he's still available at that point, um, does he try to run with Dak or does he want to move on from Dak immediately? Dak's his quarterback. Yeah. You think 100%. so? Okay. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I mean, for one, he's on the books. And two, like, Dak isn't a bad quarterback, right? He's not. He He's chokes really under not. pressure, and I think Belichick is a great coach to get you out of that. Sure, to, unlock, to unlock the other side of Dak that we've been waiting to see. And, and, and he'll game plan accordingly. He's not going to have to put so much pressure on it. You put Belichick in that offense, that great defense becomes excellent. Sure, sure. Now it's going to be now Dan Quinn is the mastermind of that, so that matters. He's probably going to be a head coach somewhere. Right, right. But I think what Bill Bill Belichick, man, like just what he brings to a team, and if he goes to to Cow the Cowboys, he's going to have a similar like GM influence. He ain't going to be the GM like he was in New England. There is no GM in the Cowboys, and never will be as yeah, long right. as Jerry Jones is right, standing right, on this right. earth. <laughs> but it's uh, he'll still have that heavy influence, you know. But it's. You'd be silly to get rid of Dak. Yeah, yeah. No, I... Because it's the same thing for the Vikings. Who are you going to go out and get that's going to replace a Dak-like talent? Nobody right now. There's nobody, nobody right there. now. And there's still plenty of Vikings fans calling for not re-signing Kirk Cousins, of course, but whatever. Go get Dak. Nah. We can't afford, <laughs> we can't afford him. We got to pay JJ soon. And if yeah, we want fair. JJ here, there's no way... And that's why everybody's like, oh, Russell Wilson. Dude, there do have to be a lot of money missing from that deal in order for Russell Wilson to be a Viking. But. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard that recently, bro. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I like that, to be honest. I, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> we don't have to. We'll we talk about to. it if it becomes more relevant. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on here. So uh, Mike Tomlin has told his team he plans to coach in 2024 amongst the ongoing rumors and speculation. I love to hear it. I love Mike Tomlin. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league. He's perfect for that Pittsburgh organization. They'd be silly to move on. They do not need to let him go. How many years now that he's had a winning record? Enough. He literally has never had a losing record. That's what I mean. That wasn't almost all his seasons. No, it's not almost. It's all of them. He's literally never had a losing record. Yeah, there's no reason to let him go. That'd be silly to move on. They're a quarterback away from a really, really good freaking team. They're not a head coach. No, no, no. So that just uh, ends then with some some McCarthy talk there, which is surprising. Yeah, so I'm just curious, right? Now, obviously, both the Cowboys and Eagles, obviously, both the Cowboys and Eagles have lost this weekend, uh, and now there's obviously already rumors circulating. Does either coach, in your opinion, deserve to be let go at this point. Absolutely not. The Eagles are, you know, how many? They're they're a year re- away from being removed from the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts was hurt the end of the, this last year. They were dealing with a lot of injuries. I think losing your offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator both from that Super Bowl team really, really hurts. You know, so right. you have to you have to build that team back up. And Nick Sirianni isn't the issue at hand here. I, I don't believe that one bit. So I think that team is still in a position they can go and they can compete and they can be a contender. And the same thing goes for the Cowboys. I mean, Mike McCarthy's had, what, three straight 12-win seasons? How do you let a guy like that go? You can't. That's what I mean. I, I, I'm i kind of right on right there with you. I don't think you can let either guy go. Like you said, you're a year removed from a Super Bowl in Philly, and you 
needed a new OC and DC because they moved on. That's going to be a learning curve for all your players and your staff in general, right? Um, and then in, in in Dallas, the I guess the only the only thing I could say is playoff success hasn't happened yet, but you can't argue the twelve win seasons. No, you can, and eventually, and like there has to become a time where that that regular season success translates into playoff success. The two, the, you hope the, so. The, the, the I thought thing, it was this year for sure. I did too. I did too. They just happened to catch a red hot J. Love Lord my Jesus. guy. Lord Jesus, they did. Woo-wee! They caught a red hot J. Love my. I can't guy. wait for this to be over. Oh baby. <laughs> well, let's hope it's not next week. But let's move on here, Smelty. We got my same favorite segment of the week is back, everyone. What's your bonehead move of the week, my guy? Genius. So, yeah, I mean, low-key, Cole's probably going to hate me, but it's about Bill's Mafia, and I love Bill's Mafia. However, there was a play where the ball was thrown to George Pickens. I believe it was Pickens. It was either Pickens or Deontay Johnson. I can't remember which one. Uh, into the end zone, and you can clearly see snowballs being thrown, like, in the direction of the receiver. They didn't, none of them hit them, right? And even if they did, is it going to hurt? No, probably not. Is it going to impede play? No, most likely not. But, just come on, man. Like, I know there's snow all over the stands. I don't mind when, like, people score touchdowns and stuff, and they're throwing the snow in the air and stuff happens. Like, that's fun. That's all right. I, I, I don't mind that, right? But, like, literally, like, snowballs at the guy on the field. Come on, bro. That's too much. Yeah, I saw that, dude. It's just, that's just childish. Like, it's you, too much. you can't do that. Like, heaven forbid that actually affect the play and, like... Again, it probably won't, right? Like, but, the likelihood of it, it, it is very, very slim. But if it did, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, that's just that, that's just too much. You can't do that. You're, and I'm, I'm not trying to be a Karen, right? Like, I like to have fun, too. I get it. I just told a story, actually, about having too much fun. Um, But, like... Why? Throw them at each other. Throw them at a. Yeah, if you got throw them at a Steelers fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, throw it at a Steelers fan or something. Yeah, but like, but don't throw it at the actual game that's being played that a lot yeah, of people man. paid a lot of money to see. Because they could. I mean, I don't know if there's rules or stuff, but they could throw a flag. Hundred percent. I don't know if it's a bench penalty at that point or what. What? what, what yeah, it's it, fifteen yard unsportsmanlike conduct though. You know. I wonder if they ended up giving a warning. I didn't hear any sort of warning over the stadium speakers or anything on the TV, but, like, I, yeah, so the, I don't know. That was just ridiculous to me. A uh, little, little too far by Bill's Mafia. Agreed, brother, and I love Bill's Mafia. I know, man. I do too. I do too. Just just take about 20% off there. Just 20%. Just 20%. Just 20%. Just 20%. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I love that segment, but boy, oh, boy, do we have a weekend ahead of us. Divisional weekend is upon us, Smelty. We got four bangers of a game. We'll start in the AFC. The Houston Texans traveling to Baltimore, taking on the number one seed. Baltimore coming in as a nine and a half point favorite. I just want to say there's some giant spreads in this week. And it's kind of crazy that there's just no faith in these teams. One of them we'll get to shortly. That just kind of stings a little bit. But we'll stick to this game for now. There's no way the Texans don't cover that nine and a half, man. I don't know if the Texans are going to have it to win it, but it, it, this is a, a three to seven point game. No, I totally agree with you. I think that nine and a half is completely disrespectful, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Baltimore is, Baltimore is that good. 
you, you we could see Baltimore go off like some of the games we saw this weekend. And they're going to be healed up, ready to go. If you add in Mark Andrews to that, it's, you know, they, they don't even have to finish drives. They got Justin Tucker, too, at the same time. So it's like, I don't know. It could, it could be. Oh, man, that's tough. But how can you put I don't a think nine I, and a half I, point spread on this I mean. after I don't, what we saw last week with the, the, the Texans did to the Browns defense? I know. Granted, at home, different environment than playing in Baltimore. But one other just side note that I literally just noticed all the divisional winners won for the AFC. It's one, two, three, four is the seeds. I just, I, for whatever reason, that's just cool to me. Oh, yeah. Um, you're right. But, no wild cards. Yeah, well, dude. well, and your pack was the first seven, seven seed to ever win. First seven seed to ever win. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. That is wild. That's scary, too. Uh, but we'll get to that one in a second. Um, yeah, I think I just got to go with. The Ravens will probably win, but I don't think they'll cover that nine and a half. Bro. It's just like, too much. It's just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's just too much, man. It's just too much. I think it'll be a good game. I do think the Texans fall, though. I do, too. I do, too. I think the Ravens are just, like, the one true powerhouse in the league right now. And they're just they're just so good, top to bottom, both sides of the ball. So we're on the same page. We don't, we don't necessarily think the Texans are going to win this game, but nine and a half points is just too much. Let's move on, brother. The other number one seed in the NF or the NFC is taking on my Packers. The Niners coming in as a nine and a half point favorite. Another slap in the freaking face. What is going on with these odds makers? We all know where I'm going with this one, but I want to start off with you. As much as it hurts my soul, the nine and a half is absolutely ridiculous for this game as well. I mean, the way the Packers just dismantled one of the top defenses of the year and then the way Jordan Love is playing right now and the rest of the offense, I I think nine and a half is absolutely ridiculous, to be honest with you. I think this the Packers are going to surprise some people this weekend. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think. I Obviously, I hope that's freaking wrong. I think McCaffrey is a freaking monster. I think George Kittle is going to be really hard to stop this weekend. I think you'll be able to shut down Debo. I don't know. I just gut feeling. I think Brandon Ayuk you might be able to handle, but just I think Kittle... Uh, McCaffrey, I don't know, man. Debo might be able to get it going on y'all too, but I, 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 I don't think I can say the Niners will cover. Seriously, don't. I'm with you on this one. Obviously, I mean, as a Packer fan, I'm obviously not going to think we're going <laughs> to lose by ten freaking points. Um, but I, I, I legitimately think we have a very, very good chance of winning this game. I, I really do. I mean, obviously, there's a ton of biasy behind this, but nine and a half points—that's way too much. I mean, again, I think this is a three to seven point game, um, it, but it, to me, this game truly comes down to one person and one person only, and that is the Packers defense stopping Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, 100%. the run game has been our Achilles heel in the playoffs, especially against the San Francisco 49ers. Luckily, they don't have a running threat as a quarterback now. Um, but it's just, it, it's going to come down to that. So not only that, it's, it's not only stopping McCaffrey, but stopping Debo's gadget plays. I yeah. think Debo is a receiver we can control. I, I think we've proved that last week that our secondary can hand, hang on their own and they can do that. Um, Jair is going to be big if he plays this week, Gotta but play. it's, can we stop the run game? I mean, as well as we played last week, Dallas still had over a hundred yards rushing down but the, the whole game. Uh, but didn't Dak have like 40 yards? Again, you take Dak's yeah. yards out, so they don't just, have it. And but I think that uh I was I was so impressed it, with our pass protection last week. I'm not too terribly worried about the Niners pass rush. 
because I, I don't know. I, I had a gut feeling the Packers would win last weekend, but I felt like they would squeak it by. With how dominating they were, I, I just don't see I don't see the nine and a half. I think they're going to hold their own this weekend. What do you think? Do you think the so money line? What are you thinking there? Do you think they have what it takes to win it? Mm. Yes, and it's only because, and I really God that really hurts. But yes, and it's only because of how they dismantled Dallas. Like I really did not think it would go that way. So that was just so eye opening to me. And honestly, it was. The defense I kind of knew could do it. It was the offense to me that has now came around to the point where it's like, now there's like a couple weapons that you kind of got to watch out for, and you can't really let them go by anymore. You know what's crazy about that win against Dallas? Mm. Guess who didn't have any targets or catches? Jaden Reed. Was it Jaden? Oh, yeah, you're right. Jaden Reed had no targets, and we still won that much with our offense because Romeo Dobbs, he did what he did. He did what he did, yeah. that's... If we... I'm 100% with you. If we win that Dallas game by three, four points. I don't feel as confident. I don't think we, we're we going to win this game. But I truly think, I'm still probably thinking we're going to cover nine and a half because that's just egregious. But it is. <laughs> I truly think we can win this game. If we can get one or two turnovers and J-Love continues to play like he has been and we can get the run game going, then I don't know, man. I'm feeling... I, I, I'm, I, I, I this still think the Niners just, pull it off, though. I think it's going to be a good game, dude. But I, really I think it's going to be a good think, game. I don't think they cover nine and a half straight up, though. I think it's going to be close. As crazy as it sounds, bro, this this team reminds me a lot of that that 2010 team. That's just put just it together chippy, at the end you know, of the year. Just kind of put, yeah. And we have a young quarterback. Yeah. Ah, dude, I don't know, bro. It's getting me feeling good. Um, but let's move on. We're on the same page. Niners aren't going to cover that four and a half. Nine and, half, nine and a half, nine and a half. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't even know where I saw four and a half. Nowhere on this page here shows four. Um, so let's just move to the Bucks lions uh, Lions coming into this game here as a six and a half point favorite. Again, another big spread, brother. Another big spread. And this is going to be... This is going to be another great game. I mean, the way Baker played, if he's coming off healthy, hopefully, it, he seems okay. After last game, if he gets another week of, you know, recoup. That's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough game. I think there's too much going on for the Lions right now and at home. I think that is a factor for Detroit. I think they love playing in front of their fans right now. I think the passion is there between the city, the fans, the players. Like, they want to win so bad. Um, I just I just don't see the Bucks escaping out of there with a dub. The six and a half, though, I think I am going to go with the Lions on it because I think it's going to be straight up seven. Uh, I think the Bucks will lose by a tud, but I think it's going to be another great game. I think the Bucks showed a lot this weekend. I, I'm I'm with you. I think it's going to be a really really good game, and I think the Lions are going to win this game with just how much their offense is popping right now, and they have that two headed monster. To think the Lions won that game against the Rams without the running game really getting going, they only had seventy some yard rushing. That that's really surprising to me. I really think that the the running game is the the core driver of this offense and we didn't really see the rush defense for the bucks against philly because they really never had a chance to they get it going they didn't so we don't really know how they'll hold up you know for the whole game we can only go off of the regular season yeah to be honest with you i think what the what the bucks are doing right now this game in my opinion should be a pick em or a one to two point spread oh no i i agree saying I that agree. i'm picking the bucks i just think six and a half is too much but i think the lion's gonna win this game yeah fair. and i want them to 
I would love to see Lions Packers NFC Championship in Detroit. That'd oh, be that crazy. would make me happy. I would if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would never have seen that coming. Somebody would have shot you right in the kneecap. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, Smeltzy, that leaves us with one game. The game of the week, Sunday night. It's been a game we've had that seems like the last 10 years. It's really only been three or four. Right. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, battle of the two superstar franchise quarterbacks. This time, there's a curve. The game's played up in Buffalo for the first time in the playoffs. Bill's coming in as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Boy, what a game we got on our hands, brother. Who do you got? Bill's winning. Bills are winning this game. This this they is winning by more than two and a half points. Yes. They are. This is when Josh Allen finally gets his chance to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and succeeds, I think. I think the Bills are way too hot right now. Don't get me wrong. What we saw with the Chiefs against the Dolphins was ridiculous. I mean, they absolutely annihilated the Dolphins in every aspect of the game. But I, I, I think this is it. In at home, <clears throat> excuse me, at home in Buffalo. This is it for the Bills right here. This is their opportunity to, I, I don't know if they could beat Baltimore, but this is their opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. And I think they're going to capitalize at least on this part of the journey. Cole would be happy, brother. That's hard for me to say because I'm a believer in like Patrick Mahomes' little magic in the playoffs, dude. The dude's ridiculous. I it's 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 a tough call, but I honestly think... This this is this is the time for the Bills. They're too hot right now at the end of the season. They they found their stride. Cole would be proud, brother, because we're both picking the Bills on this one, man. Oh, I did not see you picking the I, Bills, to be honest. The Bills are just too hot right now. You're right. They're the hottest team in the NFL. They're the last team you want to play if you're any team right now. And and Josh Allen is finally going to get his redemption to Mahomes in the playoffs. You're right. Mahomes magic, especially in the playoffs, it's something else. It's something else, you know, he he just finds this whole new level and the game should have even been more out of hand than it was against the Dolphins. Kelsey had some big drops that he just doesn't have. And he's still at 71 yards. Yeah, dude. But there's two massive drops. Massive. Literally right in the big ass hands. He catches that ball 98 out of 100 times. Yeah, seriously. Um, So... I like the Bills. It's in it's in Buffalo, dude. That's a whole nother ball game. That's a whole nother ball game. We might get snowballs, yeah. We might get snowballs, dude. <laughs> we might get snowballs. Is it, brother. is it the Sunday night game too? Yeah, it's the Sunday night so. game. It's the oh, recap man. of this uh it's it's the cap of this weekend. But you know, I don't think anybody would have predicted this this weekend for the divisional weekend. You expect the Ravens, you expect the Niners, you expect the the Bills and Chiefs, but Packers Chief or Packers Bucks. Lions, Texans, man. Who would have thought to start yeah. this year? Oh, seriously. These would be the games. And I truly think all of these games are one score or less games. And even halfway through the season, who would have thought the Bills the way they were playing? They were playing the horrible early in this. Oh, the Packers, too, for sure. Yeah, nobody 100%. would have thought we would come to this. But we're here. The Pack are back, as Whatever. Jair has said. Whatever. It's a great slate in general. Whatever. It really is a good slate, though. I'm excited to watch <laughs> football this weekend and just be horizontal. But... Hey, brother, as always, it was a pleasure to our listeners. Like, comment, subscribe. We need all the support we can get. We love you guys at home. We'll see you next week. Lace up, baby. Don't forget to follow.
follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.